TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. And welcome to the Two Guys and a Mike show here on a beautiful, uh, slightly chilly Tuesday here in the fine city of Chicago. Thank you so much for joining us. It's the Big Dog and the Coach at your service. Lots of sports to talk about. Big Dog, we uh, first of all had a National Hockey League victory last night. The Chicago Blackhawks have, in fact, survived and advanced. It wasn't easy, but uh, on to round two we go. Big Dog, how are you? And I know you were watching the game last night. Oh, absolutely! Was watching the game. I'm absolutely ecstatic this morning, and that's why. How could you say it's a chilly Tuesday morning? The sun is out. It's absolutely beautiful. It's April in Chicago. The, uh, the Blackhawks have advanced. It's not chilly out. It's gorgeous, Coach. That's well, a little bit uh, nippy for my particular blood. When you get to be my age, Big Dog, the blood does not flow to the extremities quite like no. they used to. So you're uh, you're coming from at a different angle than me. Yeah, well, you might want to get some exercise every once in a while. That might help uh, blood to the extremities. But <laughs> I, I guess I see what you're saying because I, I can handle the heat a lot better than the cold, especially the older I get. But yeah. I didn't realize you were that old. Okay. Yeah, and there is a chance, by the way, amongst the, uh, I think, you know, 112 different jobs that you've had in the last month and a half, speaking of heat, that you could be in the not-too-distant future working for a very established heating and air conditioning company. Is that correct? Uh, quite possibly, Coach. We're going to have to work out the particular details, but uh, that could be in the near future mm-hmm. for the big dog. And, and I don't know how long that's going to last because, uh, actually, I, I'm now writing an application for somebody. Uh-oh. As in, like, a, a, a computer app for uh-huh. a phone. Okay. And, uh, oh, my goodness, Coach, this, this, this is working out really well so far. So, I mean, you, you asked me what I was doing this weekend. I forgot to throw, yesterday I forgot to throw in that I spent about 20 hours writing down trivia questions. And that's basically all I do now in my meantime is like, so for two hours this morning after I got done running and it was a beautiful sunny day, not chilly, uh-huh. I, I sat down and wrote, uh, two hours worth of, uh, football trivia questions. And I tell you, I'm kind of like, you know, who won the NFL championship in 1960, the Philadelphia Eagles. You know what I mean? All these questions are just going through me like a blur right now. Now, I was going to ask, you know, do you not only write these sports trivia questions? I'm assuming you uh, know the answers to them as well. Well, uh, that if I was writing it, I would have to know the answer. That would be part of the whole thing because people are going to download this and try to get these answers right. Okay. All right. Very good. So that's job number 144. Not only... Heating and air conditioning with sports and trivia application analysts or analysts, depending on your point of view. Ladies and gentlemen, you're looking for employment. Big Dog is the guy to call a jack of all trades and truly a master of none. But getting back to the hockey game at hand, Big Dog, uh, 5-3 to three was 4-3, final period, very tight game. Uh, good matchup, Blackhawks pull it out. I missed the first period, and apparently that was the period uh, not to miss. I tuned in third period only again, uh, fans. You want to check in here on the two guys at a mic show. It's eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. That's our phone number. You can always email us at mike two guys at aol dot com. That's m i c and the number two mike two guys at aol dot com. So feel free to talk some 
Sports are more with the big dog and the coach. It's user friendly. Sports talk radio. But uh, big dog, I, I don't know. If, I think we lost you on the lines there. But I was saying that I did not see the first period last night, and apparently that was the period to watch. Well, I was, you know, I watched the game from the start, and all of a sudden, this everything that I needed happened, and I had to go to my buddy's house to use this fax machine. So it was three one Hawks, and I'll figure I'll watch the, you know, the end of the first period of the house. He's only down the street. By the time I got to his house, it was four to three. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. And I was like, "What the heck happened?" And then you know, I finished working, and the, you know, there was no more points. There was no more goal score the rest of the game. There was a point where the Blackhawks didn't even have a shot on goal for like 14 minutes of play. And I was like, "How the heck are they winning this game?" I did not like it, even though they won the game and you know, blah blah blah, whatever it takes to win. They will not win next round if they continue to like just dump it in and, and chase the puck instead of actually play hockey when they have a lead. Like that, it was way too tenuous. Tell you what, the reason they're... why they jumped out and got a lead is because they were playing great hockey. They didn't need to go into the "oh, please don't hurt me" type style of hockey. So you thought they got too defensive? The old expression: "If you play not to lose, uh, more often than not, that's exactly what's going to happen." I don't know that I completely agree with that, but I will tell you this. The third period, even though there was no goal scored, plenty of excitement. I mean, oh, there were absolutely. shots on goal. The Blackhawk goalie, anti, uh, anti, anti Niemi was, uh, very, very good. And the Hawks had to kill, what was it, three consecutive two minute penalties? I mean, they were shorthanded a good part of that third period. Yeah. And some of those penalties were just moronic. Yes. Seriously. Come on. You're better than that. Uh, you know, like some Hawks fans complain. I can't believe they called that. No, I can't believe he did that. It was a couple of times I said, you know, you got to play better than that in the playoffs. If you turn the puck over, mm-hmm. don't just grab the guy afterwards. Try to do something about it. They're going to call that stuff, especially on the road in a game six. How about the uh, game. the Dustin Bufflin uh, elbow right up at the chin of, I forget what player it was, but and um, then he's arguing, come on, ref, I didn't do anything. They showed the replay. He almost killed the guy. Yeah, and you can't do that to somebody when they don't have the puck. No. That's the rule. If no. the guy does not have the puck, you can't hit them in hockey. Yep. It's as simple as that. I mean, this isn't football where you get to just destroy people when you want to. That hits illegal in every sport besides football. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you, you gotta be, you gotta have the puck. You gotta know better than that. This is a Stanley Cup playoff. On the bright side, the Blackhawk, a penalty killing team, and apparently, and again, I missed the second period. A kudos to Nashville's penalty killing team. I think they had like four penalties in the second period, and the Hawks were unable to score. But the Hawks in the third period, under pressure, one goal lead, Stanley Cup uh, playoff opener anyways, on the line, and they were able to hold uh, three consecutive penalties. So I guess both teams, penalty-killing units, Big Dog, a very, very good. Either that or both teams' power play sucks. Well, no, 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 no. I, 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 the Nashville power play is average in, in, along the NHL, but they had only scored – on one of the previous 45 power plays versus the Blackhawks going back to a regular season play one? and going back to the year before. One out of 45? Yes. That's brutal. It was it was on this season, one out of 40, and then there was five from the previous year. And, you know, so right when it said that, I was like, you know, they're going to score in the power play. The next power play they scored on. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> yeah, eventually it was going to happen. Uh, but yeah, I mean, how could you complain about the the power play killing, the penalty killing that the that the Hawks did in this series? I don't know what it ended up with, but obviously they mm-hmm. gave up one last night, and there was about six or seven penalties. So on the on the series, I'm just going oh, shooting the hip. It's like one out of twenty eight. You're going to win a lot of series if you only 
give up one goal on 28 power plays. Uh, that was phenomenal for the Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. So as much as I was a little disappointed with them playing the, oh, please don't lose style, the simple fact is they advanced, and now they're waiting to see if they're playing uh, Vancouver, if they're playing... Uh, no, it's it's uh, it's Vancouver. It's Vancouver, yeah. okay. We will be playing the Canuck. I was going to ask you for a breakdown of the Vancouver Canuck, but considering you didn't even know we were playing them, I won't ask you that. But, uh, no, what... no, I, I know the Vancouver Canucks. Well, I wasn't <laughs> sure what was up with uh, Phoenix and, and Detroit, but obviously that's the 4-5 game. Vancouver mm-hmm. is the three team, so the Hawks have to play them. The Hawks own Roberto Luongo, the Canadian goalie that was the gold medal winner coach. Yep. Every time he plays the Hawks, he, I don't know what happens to him, but like he he has a transparent body. The the puck goes right through him. The Hawks are going to dominate this series. The Sedin, they're going to win a lot of games like seven to five. It's the, mm-hmm. the Sedin brothers; they can play, but it doesn't really matter. The Hawks are going to win this series in a lot of high-scoring games. That's what you should expect. David Olson, our producer, carked that up ten oh nine on Tuesday. Big dog, uh, not guaranteeing, but predicting the Hawks will roll over Vancouver next week on Thursday's show when the Hawks are down three to one. We might want to replay these. I hope you're right, Big Dog. I hope you are right. I haven't well, gone over my uh, analysis of the Vancouver Canuck, but hopefully, on the Blackhawks' sake, uh, you would be correct. Well, last year when they played him in the playoffs, Luongo couldn't stop anything. And, uh, and this year when they played him in the regular season, mm-hmm. Luongo was like a sieve. And he's the best goalie in hockey statistically, if you take out all the games he plays against the Blackhawks. When he plays against the Blackhawks, he gives up five goals a game, and when he plays against everybody else, it's like 1.8. Mm-hmm. So uh, they own him. It's, 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 I'm not complaining. Sometimes Chicago teams actually own somebody, and it isn't the other way around. Let's hope that streak continues again. Now, hockey fans, Blackhawk fans, you want to chime in, talk to the dog and the coach? Phone lines are open if you want to squeeze in. I think we've got 14 lines open, 888-463-6748. Producer extraordinaire David Olson uh, at your service answering the phone lines. And uh, Big Dog, one thought occurred to me as the Blackhawks are shaking hands, and you could see uh, it was a combination of exultation and exhaustation. I mean, part of it was excitement, and part of it was they were just mentally and physically exhausted from a six-game uh, pretty good fight that Nashville Predator put up. And you forget, because we haven't been in the playoffs in a while here in Chicago, what a grind the NHL playoffs could be, I mean, if to advance to the finals. I mean, I feel like they played a whole second season already. This was just one series. Yeah, absolutely. You so. still got eight teams left. You got to win another series and another series and another. I mean, you go to the Stanley Cup Finals, you have almost, without exaggeration, you're playing a second season. Absolutely, Coach. And if you think about it, how often do you see players uh, dive on the ice to block a puck in the regular season? You don't see that very often. Mm-hmm. You really don't. You see it like four or five times a season from a team. And then all of a sudden the playoffs come, you see four or five guys dive on a penalty shift, you know, uh, to, to block a puck. The intensity is completely and utterly different. It, it, it makes regular season play look like preseason play. Mm-hmm. Is what it makes it look like, and mm-hmm. uh, and to be honest with you, coach, not only is it a grind to get through a series, the Hawks played a pretty good, a pretty good predator team. So, uh, I mean, that's also part of the grind. People, you know, they just assume, oh, the Hawks have, you know, the one of the best records in the West. They should advance, no problem. Well, you know, Nashville wasn't that far behind. It was like if you made the playoffs in the in the West, you're a really good team this year. It wasn't like. Uh, 
you know, you know, sometimes you know those two seven one eight series are just blowouts. Mm-hmm. Not this year. There was, there's not that much difference. And if you don't believe me, East it's the same way because the Montreal Canadiens are playing the uh, are playing uh, the Washington Capitals uh, in Game Seven tomorrow. I thought the Canadians wrapped up that series. No, 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 no. It's, okay. uh, that was uh, Game Six. They tied three okay. three last night, and uh, how it. their goalie is getting it done. Game Seven of that one, the Red Wings and. Um... Phoenix Coyotes got a great series, Game 7, either tonight or tomorrow night. Don't worry, Bulls fans. We're going to talk some NBA basketball and the beloved Bull in a little bit also. But uh, we are uh, at least temporarily here celebrating a Chicago Blackhawk victory 4-2 to two over the Predators. I kind of got fascinated over the uh, series, Big Dog, with uh, Barry Trost, I think his name is, the Nashville coach. The... Barry Trost. Trost? Yes. I just call him no-neck. <laughs> That works for me. He does look like the white version of uh, White Sox right fielder Walter No Neck Williams, but he, I just got a kick out of him. Very intense individual. It was either a tightness and intensity, or for all six games, he had a real bad case of bad gas. I couldn't tell which one, but he looked constipated to me. To be honest with you, Coach, I think it was the second one. You think so? Yeah, because to be honest with you, there seemed to be a bad smell around the 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 bench all the whole series and People he did look a foul look on their face you know i know he's a big guy but he did look particularly bloated did he not yeah, he looked for clemp yeah. he was drinking the water i think he needed to put like a little uh peptacid in that uh water <laughs> yeah but uh eh, he had a great game plan and he battled the blackhawk very very well the guy's been coaching what 11 years he's kind of like the jerry sloan of the nhl understated Underrated, but uh, he's been around a long time, so you got to give him credit. Bad gas or not? Team, you know, you know what his team is always playing. You know that, I like that trap style. It's a boring style, coach. Mm-hmm. Not like Jerry Stone. <laughs> they always seem to play nice basketball when Jerry Stone is coaching. I just, I know, but that's a good, that's a good because he's never won uh, any uh, NHL titles. That's a good comparison. I've already, by the way, put in a written request with. Uh, David Olson, our fine producer, and the commander-in-chief, our general manager, Chris Whitting, who, by the way, I haven't seen for a month. I thought maybe he was sick or something, so I, instead of getting mad at him, I started to feel bad for him. I thought maybe something's wrong. I went in to talk to our assistant general manager, Randy Myers. Is Chris Whitting okay? So, oh, yeah, he's traveling around. I think he's out in California now, quote, unquote, on business. But uh, So now instead of feeling bad for him, I'm, like, mad at him. But uh, wherever he is. Our fine general manager, Chris Whitting, I put a request in that you and me do a remote show next year from one of the fine uh, country bars down in Nashville. I hope that was okay. I put your name on it. I'm assuming you'll be uh, good to go. Oh, I'm all up for it, Coach. I'm all up for it. I think we'd fit in, don't you? Uh, we would fit in no problem yeah. because we, we, we're white. But other than that, I don't know how else we'd fit in. <laughs> well, we got a little Rocky Tonk in us, a little country music. You'd get up there, a couple of beverages. I think you could... Uh, you could do the Texas two-step with a divorced woman out there, no question. Yeah, well, I'd be more than happy to do the Texas two-step, but uh, the, the problem is we'd be in Tennessee. Well, they do the Texas two-step. It's all about country music. you got to expand your horizons, big dog. But, uh, you know, a lot of quality bars out there, good nightlife. They like their sports out there. I think the two of us, quite frankly, we might do a remote out there, might never leave. We might get hooked up with a station out there. I that, feel Nashville. That's not a bad idea. I think Nashville might be in our future. <laughs> I don't know if they want us, Coach. Yeah, we could have Barry Trost as our guest like once a week, and if we do, he's going to sit next to you, not to me, by the way. I'll be I'll be <laughs> well, doing the show from the other side of the glass. 
<laughs> All right. 888-463-6748. We do want to get to the Bulls. We got baseball to talk about. Four in a row for the Cubs. But any other uh, final thoughts on hockey, Big Dog, before we leave the Blackhawk? Uh, it, it, I'm just glad they got past a really, really good national team coach. That's yeah. key. You sound a little broken up about it, a little well, emotional. Look, I mean, I was worried about this series. I mean, it's, it's not your typical 2-7. That team has a lot of talent on it. And to be honest with you, I, I, I couldn't wait for the Vancouver series. I was just like, please get through this particular mm-hmm. uh uh, set because no matter who they play in the second round is going to be easy. Unless it was Detroit and they had a possibility of yeah. playing Detroit, uh, it was going to be a lot easier. Well, let us not forget, we were 13 seconds away. 13 seconds away from probably losing that series. One of the, You talked about it yesterday. One of the most dramatic moments, one of the most dramatic goals in recent Chicago Blackhawk history. So it was that close to possible defeat? Oh, absolutely. And that, that, that should not be forgotten. Because... Uh, I mean, legitimately, if Kane does not get that shorthanded goal, yep. I mean, who who knows how the momentum is going into last night if the Hawks are able – you know, that that game kind of could break the Predators back. We don't know if it did or not. And I, I was worried going into last night's game. I, I thought they were going to come out fighting. You know, the Hawks go up 3-1, and then next you know, here they come storming back. So mm-hmm. – we got the exact game that we thought we were going to get, Coach. Got so excited about the hockey. Uh, Big Dog went to sleep last night, woke up about 2.45 in the morning, couldn't go back to sleep, looked over at my wife, and she looked just a little bit, just a little bit like Nashville gold, goaltender Pekka Rene. Uh, I snuck uh, over and I tried to get a shorthanded score, but uh, I was rejected wide right. Well, is she six, did she look six foot five, Coach? A little bit. Long and lanky? A little bit. Is that how you like them? Yep. Unfortunately, she was wearing pads as well. No score. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, hopefully, there was, hopefully there wasn't a second period. Four six three six seven four eight. America's number one breakfast sports show, folks. As long as you are not eating breakfast, that's the way advertiser. David Olson's got his hand. What is he got his hand on the dump button there? Time to take a break. This is brutal. <laughs> How are you, Dave? Everything good? Say hi to the fans out there so they know you're here. Hello, fans. Very emotional, David Olson. A man of few words, which probably is a good thing on this show. Yeah. <laughs> All right, big dog. Uh, we do have real quick before the break. We'll preview. We got a uh, NBA playoff game. The Chicago Bulls. Everybody's writing off the Bulls. The media. Uh, most people you talk to. The water cooler conversation. Are you? And maybe they're right. Maybe the Bulls got no chance. I'm still holding out for high hope. But Bulls at Cleveland tonight. Any hope from the big dog? Uh, I'm just not going to answer my phone from any of my friends from Ohio throughout the day. <laughs> Coach, that's like the, the 10% chance they have to win. I'm going to watch the game, pull for them, hopefully they can pull it out, but I'm not expecting anything. Mm-hmm. Unlike hockey, typically the, the basketball 1-8 is a blowout, even though this year, you know, the Oklahoma City Thunder are, uh, you know, playing the, the Lakers pretty tough, but yeah, I do not expect the Bulls to win, and I'm not, you know, trying to, I know they were playing them tough. And, and things looked well. Hopefully they can steal the win in Cleveland. That would be really, really, really cool. Mm-hmm. But I, I do not expect it. They they were like the guy that was hanging in the fight. And you're like, oh, this is a great fight. And then all of a sudden they got punched in the mouth. And it doesn't look good now. So we'll see how they can answer. Because mm-hmm. they definitely got punched in the mouth in game four. And they're, now they're down 1-3. So yeah, we'll they see. did indeed. And uh, on the not good news, or for going from bad to worse category, apparently, Luol Dang and Derrick Rose, their top two scorers in the series, both 
sat out practice yesterday. You saw Rose get injured in game one. I thought at the time, game one, in the last game, I thought at the time it was serious. He came back and played, but both Dang and Rose are not perfectly healthy. That's not going to help the Bulls' chances. On the other hand, Big Dog, the wounded dog, sometimes bites back. Their coach, everybody says he's going to be gone. Everybody's counting out the team. You know, when there's that much negativity, sometimes what it does is it pulls a team together, and I'm hoping, maybe hoping against hope, but uh, hoping that that all that negativity, all that stuff together makes the Bulls have that much more fight, and they come out and give the Cavaliers a good game tonight. It could happen. Well, you know, that's not, it definitely could happen. It's not like uh, we've heard of crazier things happen, but I would not expect that mm-hmm. whatsoever to happen. All right. so, but one thing about the... I, Derrick Rose sitting out practice coach, I, I shrug my shoulders because I tell you something, I've seen that guy fall from dunking a ball, getting undercut, and landing on his hip, you know, and, and next you know he's playing again. The fact that Luol Deng set out practice, I like Luol Deng. He seems like a good guy. He's a hard worker. He cares about his teammates, one of those things. But let's face it, I mean, he, he's not the toughest guy in the world. When he's hurt, he acts like he's injured. So, even though last year it was proved that he did have a stress fracture in his leg, he's, if he's sitting out of practice, he isn't going to play. And he is not. I, I doubt Luol Deng will step up tonight. Come on. Just a fracture, that's all it was? Just, it was a hairline fracture. What coach. the heck? Ah, a little hairline fracture. You put a little plaster in it, whatever. Tape it up. He'll be okay at the end of the year. Tape it up and get him out there. It's only yeah, a fracture. I agree. Come on. I, I completely agree with that Come particular on. statement. The guy makes $11 million a season. Yeah. I was kidding. I'm on oh, Luol Deng's side, but, you know. I always get a get a kick out of you know the people sitting in their couches. Ah, you know, come on, tape them up, get them back in there. It's only a busted clavicle. It's only a concussion. Get out there and play. Well, I, well considering that I, I played a my whole junior year in high school with a, a fractured uh, vertebrae, my bottom mm-hmm. one was fractured. They didn't realize it until the year was done. When I was in college, I played with a broken hand and a broken ankle. Wow. and didn't miss any games. So I think I have the right to tell a guy making $11 million a year to go play a sport. Pardon me if I get too personal, but uh, have you ever been concussed? Uh, you know what? Yes, I have, Coach. <laughs> and I, I was afraid of that. And this is, and I'm, I'm, I mean this in all seriousness. If you're a college football player, your parents aren't around, and you have a concussion, don't drink Uh-oh. that particular night. Okay. It was not pretty, Coach. I, I I wasn't really I wouldn't say I had a hangover the next day. I would have to say I was dead and I was somehow revived. I don't know how it <laughs> happened. Maybe the stupidest thing. Okay. I mean, I, I really took I rang my bell really really bad. And I mm-hmm. I didn't feel good and I was nauseous. You know, so I had a beer and I was like, wow, that made me feel a lot better. So I decided to drink many 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 more Keystone Lights. Okay. And I know that will give you a hangover, coach. But I was used to them and this was a hangover unlike any other. And I swear to you, I learned my lesson, and I'll never do it again. So anybody else out there, possibly you would learn your lesson, but the problem is about one out of every 20 people that do that die. So So for the young kids out there that might be thinking of getting a cheap throw, uh, just to review, A, if you get a concussion, B, don't drink that immediate night thereafter. Oh, absolutely okay. not. Don't drink until you know that concussion is over with. I am not okay. kidding, Coach. I, that Dumb is all I have to say. Now, if you're one of those college kids when life source comes to your school <laughs> and you give blood and then you go out and, you, you know, do a couple shots of whiskey and run mm-hmm. around a little bit, hey, you know, you're not risking your life. You're just risking feeling bad the next day, really, really bad. Okay. You know, go ahead and do that if you want to, you know, 
mess yourself up for a day. But uh-huh. do not mess with the concussions and drinking, Coach. That is no joke. I have None. not heard of that uh, particular uh, cheap thrill, if you will, the the give blood during the day and then drink at night, I'm assuming. No, 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 not drink at night. Drink like after you give blood and they, okay. they tape you up and they give you the orange as you walk out the room. Okay. You squeeze the orange into a glass and you pour a shot of uh, uh, of Jack in there and you give yourself uh, a whiskey it, citrus. And is it, does it, is it sort of the same effect of, as drinking on an empty stomach, the fact that you got less blood, the alcohol now affects you that much more? Yeah, because considering they take out about, uh, I don't know how much blood, but I, I've been told anywhere from like 5 to 8%. Mm-hmm. depending how big you are of your blood out of your system. Mm-hmm. So basically, you times everything you have, you know, you drink, you're about 20% more drunk than you normally would be. Mm-hmm. So right. you normally can drink 10 beers. Well, if you drink eight, you're going to feel the same way, but it's a little bit different, Coach. I have not uh, given blood for a while. You'll be happy to know about six months ago, though, I did become a bone marrow, well, I don't know if you call it a donor, but I did get tested for the bone marrow so that a, if anybody is a match, I could be called. I don't know if you're a need, big dog, of any bone marrow, but uh, I might have some to spare. Do they pay you for that? No. Okay. Well, no. Strictly I volunteer. Love of the, the game. Bone marrow is the most painful. It's like one of the, It's like they say. It's like passing a uh, a rock. What do you call it when you have really? a kidney stone? It's like passing a kidney stone. That's right here. It's like that excruciating. Wait a minute. I was told. Ow! I was. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently a volunteer bone marrow. I was told it was uh, absolutely painless. That's why I signed up for it. You're telling me it would. Oh, it must have changed. It it really, things are different. That was when I was in school. I remember like a high school. I was hearing like bone marrow. Uh uh, The donor like really went through a lot of pain. All right. Well, David Olson, our uh, medical specialist, David, in the current days of uh, bone marrow donation, painful, painless, or somewhere in the vast in between? You're in for a world of hurt, Coach. Really? Yes. (laughs) Wow. And they're not even getting paid. <laughs> the first question Big Dog asks, are you getting paid? No, well, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but don't they, I mean, they're literally taking like a huge needle and sticking it right in, like into your hip. I think they took it really? out of your pelvis. Wow. Do they yeah. put me, I hope they put me to sleep first. Well, you, you probably get a local, but okay. you can't get a local in your bones. I, I'm going to need more than a local. I'm going to need like a national. I might need an international. Yeah. No. Now, Dave, we've confirmed earlier about the fact that, you know, Coach, you know, he thinks today is cold out, so he must be old. Could they really be taking the, the bone marrow out of his hip? Why would you want to weaken a hip? What if he falls getting out of the bathtub or something like that? I can do a little bit of research, but I, I'm, I'm right. virtually positive that's where they take it from. Well, I know I believe you. It's just that, Coach, I don't think they should weaken your hips, buddy. Seriously. And, you know, speaking of, like, donating <laughs> stuff, I, I donated – I donate plasma. Like once a week, I go yes. to this place, donate plasma, and it's right by my house. Well, the other day, this woman, she did it wrong to me. You got it. My whole arm is blue, blue. As in, I'm not talking about. Oh, it's kind of off color. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's blue and purple. The whole thing. It is disgusting. I, it's, it's, seriously, I, I have to wear like long sleeves. It, I mean, like when people look at it, somebody was like, that's the craziest looking tattoo I've ever seen. And I'm just like, it's, it's a bruise. And they were like, no, it can't be a bruise. So she found like the wrong vein or had trouble. Did she like poke you like four or five times before? She went through the whole entire vein. Yeah. Ooh. So like when the, now my whole arm filled up with blood. Ooh. And the woman didn't even be like, oh, I'm sorry. I was like, you know, you could at least apologize. Okay. 
I was I was pretty. I, I'm never going back there. I'm like, here I am, you know, trying to help people out and giving plasma. That's more important than giving blood. Mm-hmm. And she could have been like, you know, I really messed up. I'm sorry. You know, instead, she was like, oh, oh okay. I'll uh, I'm go get the auto warmer. And so she goes and gets her. And then she takes her own sweet time. I'm like, hurry up! And my arm is flopping. It got like to the size of a tennis ball. But ser- uh, seriously, coach, I wanted to punch this woman in the head afterwards. Uh-huh. I'm like, don't you care about anything? And then I watch it. Can I go on break? I got to go potty. I'm like, no, no, no. Whatever, Shaniqua. You need to learn how to do your job properly. What I the... wasn't really happy with it, Coach. Help and me that out. was I her can... name, by the way. So if anybody goes to Octopharma to give plasma, make sure Shaniqua is not the one who tries to <laughs> hit your vein and takes your blood from you. And you know who she is. She's the one. Well, she probably won't. Because everybody else is working in there. She just sits there and, like, picks her nose. But at least, luckily, she has the rubber gloves on when she does it. <laughs> Daniqua, huh? Daniqua. Oh, okay. Well, we'll keep an eye out or for her. Because it was S-H-A-N-I-K-A. All right. We, so. get, the, we get the message. What is the uh, giving blood and then giving plasma? Do they stick the needle? Where do they find? Is the plasma in a different part of your body than the blood help well, me out it, here. It, they, they get it out of a vein and they what they take blood out of you uh-huh. and when they take the blood out they pull the protein out of your blood and then okay. they actually put the blood back in and then you know you just have to eat a high protein meal that day okay and your but your body will recompensate i've heard everything from 90 percent of the people that i've heard this from say it's actually good for you because your mm-hmm. body will replenish stuff and it's kind of like recycling and it's it's good for your body i've and always instead of the people are like don't ever do it and one of them is an ex-korean girlfriend who i told us like two years ago i was doing it and she was like no 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 don't do it don't do it but it, it might be because you know she's from korea and who knows what they do to blood plasma over korea <laughs> so that you know that she freaks me out about that one and then I, I was like, there's nothing wrong with this. I usually feel pretty good the day after I do it. So I'm like, it's probably good to recycle this stuff. And then all of a sudden, I, I deal with Shaniqua and her freaking uh, lack of ability to poke me. And, Coach, <laughs> I'm seriously in pain right now. Oh, man. Too bad you're not here. You could show it to all the folks and gross everybody out via the webcast. Uh, I, I, maybe... I, I should be able to. I should take a picture of it because it's beyond purple. Yeah. It's blue. It's, yeah. it's not, it's not yeah. a pretty maybe, color. Maybe it's a good thing you're not here. I, I know I have a low platelet count so i'm not going to be uh i don't mind giving blood but uh, the plasma i would prefer to keep my own plasma thank you very much well uh see people like me are the ones helping you out coach yes because i guess like a lot of times like uh, people like a lot of sick people they need plasma more than blood uh-huh. as soon as they get that protein in their system their body is able to replenish their blood a lot easier so hmm. Uh, we'll see. Who knows? All right. Fascinating, fascinating topic. I'm not sure how we headed down that road. Somewhere we were talking about the Bulls and the Cavaliers and playoffs, and we ended out with uh, Daniqua. And oh, it was, ba- because, uh, it was because Luol Dang needs a heart transplant. Oh, that's right. What it was. That's right. It's a cheap shot at Luol Dang. All right. I still think the Bulls got a chance to that. We'll talk some NBA playoffs. We'll talk a little baseball, too, Big Dog. We didn't get much to it yesterday, but uh, Cubs and Sox? Back on a roll. The Cubs win their fourth in a row. you got to be excited a little bit about that. No, absolutely. You know, I am, but it's, it's a tempered excitement because, remember, remember, I told you I'm not going to care this year, and All I right. really meant that. And I meant it. And I, I think we should continue to ignore both Chicago baseball teams as long as possible because every show when I'm like, hey, let's talk Bulls or let's talk Blackhawks or let's talk NFL draft, they seem to be winning. And when I was sitting there making fun of them early in the year, it just seemed to compound the problem. Right. So. See if you can temper your excitement for about uh, 38 seconds. That's going to be the length of this break. TalkZone.com, two guys at a mic, the man with great plasma, 
but bad bone marrow. Joel Redwanski, my partner today. Back in a minute, David Olson, our producer. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john cone and the big dog joel radwanski on talkzone.com that guy continues to really tick me off on how excited he is about you big dog and the coach talkzone.com two guys and a mic thank you so much for joining us beautiful beautiful Tuesday here in the fine city of Chicago. Hope you're enjoying the day wherever you might be listening to the show from. Don't forget, dog, uh, via the Internet. We are now blasting out not only to the 50 uh, continental United States, uh, but also to seven different continents. Your voice, my friend, your voice is being heard right now in South America as well as parts of the Middle East. Uh, believe it or not, Coach, it, we've been actually get listened to in South America, in Colombia and well, I don't know about Ecuador anymore, but definitely in Colombia still. To yes. This day. And uh, I've been told Southeast Asia will actually listen to us every once in a while. Yeah, we're big in Colombia. I'm a little discouraged by our numbers, quite frankly, in Ecuador. We need uh, some more Ecuadorian listeners, but uh, the fact that our listenership is growing in Colombia has um, my blood plasma level has gone up just knowing that. Yeah, muy bien, muy bien. <laughs> All right, big dog. Uh, smart ass. All right, four wins, <laughs> four wins in a row for the Cubs, big dog, uh, and they pull it out in White Sox fashion, four to three. They blew out the Brewers all three games. Yesterday they found a way to win the close one, albeit the Washington Nationals, but they win in the 10th inning on a walk-off walk. Kind of a rarity, but uh, bottom line is, dog, the Cubs have won four in a row. Nicely done. Yeah, it is nice. Uh, Zambrano with uh, what, uh, an inning and two-thirds yesterday. Getting it done out of the bullpen for the Cubs, that's always good to see. And uh, any way you can get a win, I'm going to take it. It, It's funny, they blow out the Brewers three games in a row, and uh, then the Brewers turn around and they beat the Pirates again 17-3. What is it with the Pirates and the Brewers? This is one of the most lopsided things I've ever seen. So, you know, baseball is just funny that way. Uh, One team, you know, and the Cubs are not playing the Washington Nationals, who are supposed to be everybody's whipping boy this year. Well, the Washington Nationals have the same record as the Cubs, don't forget, and, you know, then they end up playing a grinding-out baseball game against them. And I do like the makeup of the Nationals team, Coach. They've got a lot of speed, and they've got a lot of guys that can catch the ball. If they get any type of pitching, it won't matter in the in the, in the National League East, I guess, with the Phillies over there. Um, but they do have this is the best Nationals team since they were the Expos, Coach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are not the, they're not going to be the whipping boys this year. We, you know, you think of the name, the Nationals, automatically you start to think really weak team. But you're right, based on the way they've played thus far, I don't think they're going to be going any World Series anytime soon. But uh, much, 
much improved team. They still got their rookie superstar in the minor leagues, right, Steven Strasburg? Yeah, Steven Strasburg still in the minor leagues. Um, they do have uh, another young rookie phenom uh, that I'm trying to remember the name of. You know, he's supposed to be pretty good. And but most importantly, they've added a lot of speed to that particular team. Mm-hmm. And you know, it, that's the cheapest way to do it. And the Nationals don't have you know all the money in the world, so they got to figure out ways to to win games that don't involve you know, the big bashers and stuff, because they spent $18 million a season and Adam Dunn, and I'm sure that's not going to work out for them. But uh, they, they have a nice little ball club that, that they have over there. Mm-hmm. Ten-inning ball game, and uh, Ramos Ramirez draws the walk to win the game. The pitcher uh, could not locate the strike zone. Also, shockingly, by the way, in the category of walks, I did not watch the game but looked at the box score. Maybe this is a misprint, Big Dog, but Alfonso Soriano, the free-swinging Alfonso, did I see correctly, three Walks in the game? I have no idea. I didn't watch a pitch in the ball game. Absolutely but, uh, shocking. I was watching the Chicago Blackhawks. Um, he has been walking more this year, I've noticed. Uh-huh. Those. It, it wasn't just yesterday. He has walked more in general as this season has gone on. So uh, that is a good sign for the Chicago Cubs. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe it's a good sign that their brand-new batting coach, the very highly acclaimed Rudy Jaramillo, maybe is starting to uh, have an effect with some of the hitters. All of a sudden you're seeing an upgrade. So that. Could be a positive sign for the future. We do, we do have listeners in Colombia. It's Yaramillo, coach. Oh, I'm yeah, sorry. You know what? It's, <laughs> another very similar case of um, of Alfonso Soriano is uh, Sammy Sosa. If you remember Sammy Sosa, I don't care what anybody says, he was a bad hitter through 1997. Yep. You can say, oh, yeah, he had a couple 30 home run seasons. Yeah, he also struck out 180 times, and he drove in like 99 runs those years. He was never really a – he was always – Overhyped. Well, in 1998, hitting coach for the Cubs, Jeff Pentland, basically told Sosa he was going to fine him if he swung at any pitch uh, before he had one strike on him. You have to get at least one strike on you before I let you swing. And Sosa, who at that point was making $13 million a season, totally overpaid, um, you know, he thought $100 was a lot, so he wouldn't swing. You know, he's all $100. Well, ends up being all of a sudden in the by middle of May 1998, every single time he was batting, he had a two and zero count on him, and he realized something. If I don't swing at every pitch, they throw it in the dirt, they throw it over my head, and all of a sudden he, it just clicked for Sandy Sosa, coach, and he was awesome after that. And hopefully, Soriano can realize I don't have to swing at every pitch; I can swing at my pitch. Mm-hmm. And as soon as you you start getting that mentality, you can start attacking with two zero counts. Instead of sitting back and swinging defensive with 0-2 count. It's a big difference, Coach. Gigantic difference. A little difference in the comparisons, though. Correct me if I'm wrong, because Sosa at that point, well, you said he had a couple 30 homer years, so maybe it's not that much different. I was going to say Alfonso Soriano. The Cubs gave him a $50 million four-year deal in 1997. So he he had already had two 30-30 seasons, Coach. Okay. You you know, there is... and I do agree with you, Soriano's a little bit more hype, but he was also like the phenom that that left the Japanese league under a bunch of controversy, and the Yankees signed him, and then he also had a 40-40 year. So I, I do agree there's been more hype around around Soriano than mm-hmm. Sosa at this point in their career, but technically if you look at them, they're, they're pretty similar in what they had accomplished at this point in their life. Mm-hmm. All right, Cubs so. back in action, game two against the National White Sox coming off a sweep. Boy, did they need that all three games one-run ball games. Can they keep the momentum going? White Sox baseball, uh, 
Still not back to 500, Big Dome, but they're feeling a little bit better. Take that a lot better than they were, oh, say, about four days ago. But big series coming up for them. Yeah, absolutely big series. And they have to keep on building on this momentum is what they're going to have to do. And, you know, you win a couple of games, walk-off fashion, and then a you know, late rally, and you get the big fat guy on the mound to blow people away. Uh, Ken Griffey <laughs> Jr., by the way. You know, that, that'll help you, and hopefully they can uh, – uh, they can work on the momentum and mm-hmm. continue that. Taking on a uh, pretty good Texas Ranger team that has caused the White Sox problems. You want to talk some baseball, folks? So the big dog and the coach at Jusoivas up until 10 o'clock. Dial it up. Phone lines are open 888-463-6748. But it's the Rangers and the Sox tonight at Texas Dog. Mark Burley on the mound. He's taking on C.J. Wilson. For the young fans out there, Ronnie Santo, tell us a little bit about Texas pitcher C.J. Wilson. Well, uh, he likes to take his time and, and, and work deliberately on the mound because he's normally not on the mound very long, Coach. <laughs> so in order to enjoy his stay out there, he takes a lot of time between pitches. He likes to keep the ball up in the zone that usually gets hit out of the ballpark. This guy was a, a failed closer that they've moved to the starting rotation. Now, normally that doesn't happen, but Texas, the Texas Rangers are so bad, they're in so need of pitching, that they'll pick up players like Rich Harden, and Ben Sheets for the simple fact that they realize that they're not going to be very good, and then they take a guy that couldn't get anybody out in the ninth inning, then they move him to the eighth inning, couldn't get anybody out in the eighth inning, so now they're moving him to the first inning. Mm-hmm. You do the math on that, Coach. Not a long lineage of failed closers who uh, then become successful starters. <laughs> no, I don't think there has been one in the history. I don't, know, I don't know what book is, uh, what pamphlet is shorter, that one or famous Jewish sports athletes, well, but they're both pretty small. Well, a team run by a guy that uh, failed a cocaine, uh, a drug test, and it was cocaine, Ron Washington. Mm-hmm. You know, don't want to knock on anybody for what you do in your leisure time, but if you're going to be a manager of a Major League Baseball team and, and choose to do cocaine, and you know when your drug test is coming up, you're an idiot. Because let's face it, uh, the drug they know when the drug tests are coming up. If you do not fail a drug test in Major League Baseball, you're told when your drug test is. And he had never failed one up to that point. So how dumb can you possibly be to fail a drug test in Major League Baseball? Well, sometimes, as you know, drugs and alcohol and other illegal um, activities like that can defy logic, big dog. Sometimes it's not lack of intelligence. It's lack of... Um, discipline lack of resistance it's uh sometimes you know i guess we could use controversial word disease but sometimes it's, it's not a logical thought process okay in and, most and cases then, you know that explains everything why they're moving a failed closer than a failed setup man into mm-hmm. becoming a failed starting pitcher yeah that's <laughs> you're actually right i love I love your description of C.J. Wilson that likes to take his time out there because usually he doesn't last that long, so you might as well enjoy your inning and a half on the mound. Yeah, without a question. <laughs> you work quick. You're only out there 10 or 12 minutes. You know, you got to take your time and enjoy it. Yeah, I mean, normally after a pitcher comes off the mound, they have to they have to go to the, the shower, and then they, uh, they put some ice around their arm because they're so sore. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, he doesn't have to go to the shower because he doesn't break a sweat. Instead of the ice pack, he puts a neck brace around his neck because he's got whiplash and watch all the line drives fly past him. Mm-hmm. You know, the uh, local paper here, the Chicago Tribune, they rate the teams once a week. They uh, go 1 through 32 or however many Major League Baseball teams they are. Right at the top this year, Big Dog. Right at the top of this week, I should say, the Tampa Bay Devil Rays are ranked. They kind of rank it like college basketball week to week. The Rays checking in at 14-5. and five. 
leading the Red Sox and the Yankee and the Blue Jay in the American League East. Are they uh, for real? Would you, if you were a college basketball prognosticator right now, would you rank the Devil Rays number one? Do they deserve that? Okay, well, if you're looking at a a basketball team, you would say, uh, do they have quality ball handling? Can they defend the low post? Can they rebound? Well, in baseball, you say, can a team, do they have quality starting pitching? Do they have a good bullpen? Can they manufacture runs? That's what I look at to determine if a team is good or not. And you know what? The Tampa Bay Devil Rays have great, uh, great starting pitching as of so far. They have all these young arms that had nothing but potential. Well, that potential is worth a damn yet because they're all <laughs> pitching great so far. And uh, their bullpen is still a question mark, but it's been good so far, Coach. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? That is a question mark. And offensively, they can manufacture runs. They can blast runs. However way you want to score, if they need to get somebody on, move more to second, get them to third and somehow drive them in, they can do that, and they can, you know, load the bases up and hit a, a, a three-run homer. I mean, mm-hmm. really, coaches, they have yeah. everything on offense. I am and convinced. And starting pitching. So if their bullpen can continue the way they they are, they're the favorite in the American mm-hmm. League. And I would assume uh, by saying that you're predicting the American League East is going to be, um, to say the least, pretty fun to watch this year. Oh, it, it absolutely should be because, you, you, you know, you have the New York Yankees over there. Yep. And I can honestly say – there's a possibility the Rays could have a better record than the Yankees do this particular season. But then you have to figure out when you go into the the playoff matchup, do you see Sebastia pitching twice? Is A.J. Burnett going to be a, the A.J. Burnett that he is in odd years or even years? You know what I mean? Because he's like every other year he's either incredible or he's mm-hmm. bad. You know, so and if, Or if, if David Price, the Tampa Bay Rays phenom, he could be the best pitcher in baseball. You know what I mean? He was the number one overall pick in the draft for a reason because he's freaking great. You know, and, and if he's going to be a, a 23-year-old kid learning how to pitch, you know, come late September, you know, they'll be decent. You know, and if he's a 23-year-old kid who has, you know, blossomed into a 98-mile-an-hour fastball with one of the best fighters in the game, then all of a sudden the Rays are the favorite, you know, to win uh in the playoff series, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised at all if the Rays uh, yeah. actually have a better record during the regular season than the Yankees do right now because, well, I mean, they, they got quality up and down the order. You know, and the Rays are in a situation where they're going to have to keep all these guys that are in a free agent year, and next year they're going to lose them and because you can't just trade all these guys away in the middle of a playoff race because the fans mm-hmm. really will revolt. But when the year's done, they're going to lose Carl Crawford. They're going to probably lose Garza. They're going to lose a couple players. So if you're a Tampa Bay fan, enjoy it this year because it might not be the same next year. And uh, Which begs the next question, the fans notoriously don't show up for Tampa Bay games this year. With the success they're having, I haven't analyzed the attendance numbers, but uh, hopefully the Tampa Bay fans are showing up and cheering on what could be a championship ball club. Coach, all I can say about that is you have a bunch of people, you have a bunch of German immigrants, and, you know, there's – Tampa is known for like, uh, like Western European immigrants. People from France, people from, mm-hmm. uh, England, people from Germany. They moved to Tampa. Uh, that's like they retire in Tampa. It isn't just people from like, uh, Chicago and New York that retire in Tampa. It's, it's, so they don't have the typical draw. They don't have the allure. Baseball doesn't have the allure for people from Europe. So mm-hmm. I don't think it's going to make any difference. If they're good all year long, they didn't draw in 08. Like their, their attendance did not spike that much in 08 when they were good. 
They yep. still were only they were instead of drawing you know twelve thousand a game, they were drawing like fifteen thousand a game. Yeah. So it's, there's an old you know, European uh, old European axiom: it takes an awful lot to get a German immigrant excited. <laughs> yeah, normally like a hood and a whip. <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't know. Wow. Eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight. You know, as I was talking about the rankings of the team and the local paper here, the Chicago Tribune uh, does that once a week, and I kind of compared it to the NCAA. As I was talking, and as you were uh, brilliantly uh, breaking down the Tampa Bay Devil Rays, my mind started to wander, and I think I came up with a brilliant idea, Big Dog. What's that called? I came up with many, many brilliant ideas. Very few I follow through with, but this one. This one, David Olson, uh, get a pencil in hand here. You might want to take notes. Producer extraordinaire. If this, sure becomes, a race that if this becomes a famous idea down the road, remember, it started on the semi-malfunctional talk show known as the Two Guys at a Mic Show. All right. We, the All-Star Game is called the Midsummer Classic. Is that the name? Uh, Yeah. Right? Yeah. Do I get that right? The Midsummer Classic? Okay. So you got that one week, and they what? They take a couple, two or three days off, right? Yeah. All right, now. Three to four. All right. All right, three to four. Even better. Even better. We are going to make the Midsummer Classic even more special. We will continue to have the All-Star game. But in the middle of the season, okay, we will have a special trophy. Might be the Bud Selig trophy. Could be the Bowie Coon trophy. Whatever you want to call it. Probably not Bud Selig. Nobody might want to win it. People might lose automatically for that one. But picture with me now. Go with me here now. 32-team bracketed baseball tournament like the NCAAs, one game and you're out. Don't worry, it's not going to take three weeks to go because baseball you can play every day. Big Dog, you could do a 30-team, two-team tournament, one loss and you're out, upsets along the way. The Washington Nationals, a San Diego Padre could come in and surprise, advance, and you do this in combination with the All-Star game. You have a special trophy for it. It's a full, you probably have to take a week off in the middle of the season, but you have a uh, bracketed tournament, kind of a special week in the middle of the season, a sensational idea. It's either that or I get a bone marrow transplant. I'm hoping for the former. That's, that's moronic. There's 30 teams, so you couldn't have a 32-team tournament, and you have to have all different, like, a buys and all that. No, you can't do that, Coach. Why not? No, no, no buys. Just bring up the top two AAA teams. Those are your Cinderella's. So you, okay, all right, the All-Star break normally starts on Monday, correct? Yeah, there's, there's, there's right. a home run derby. So everybody, have, uh, the, eh, forget the about the home Wednesday, run derby. Everybody off on Wednesday. <clears throat> Some teams start on Thursday, but most of them start right. on Friday. Thank so you very much. We're now, we're now canceling the home run derby. Thank you for your input. All right, Monday, everybody's got a game, bracketed tournament, and the, and the, the brackets come out like two weeks in advance. So people can start previewing. And in the beginning, you would, you know, maybe teams wouldn't take it that serious. But when there start to be an emphasis on winning that little mini championship, all of a sudden, managers would start throwing their better pitchers out there. I think it would get more competitive as it went on. So after Monday, half of the teams are off on their all-star break. Not a problem. It would take five games, by the way. Now you come back on Tuesday, you play again, and right off the bat, three quarters of the team, you're down to six, uh, down to what, eight teams at that point? So this this goes pretty quick, okay? On Wednesday, you play your All-Star game, and you have the build-up for the final eight. Thursday, eight teams. Friday, Saturday's your championship. Sunday, you resume regular action. I think it's a brilliant, brilliant idea, and I'm proud of myself for thinking about it. Your thoughts? Uh, it's never going to happen. Well, see, an attitude like that, if 
Anytime you come up with a bizarre idea, if you say it's never going to happen, then why not? Well, Coach, at least I'll give you credence. You're, you're thinking outside the box. Like for years, I've been I've been hoping that the NFL or all football teams change to whoever scores the touchdown. If you're going to kick the extra point, the guy who scored the touchdown has to kick it. I like that. You know what I mean? That way, everybody has to learn how to. It's football. I like that. You be able to use your foot. Yeah, and then you the know, and the extra point doesn't athlete. become automatic. Yes, exactly. And I like I that a like, lot. I would like to see, you know, Derek Brooks return an interception, return for a touchdown. All yeah. of a sudden, you're Derek, you got to kick it. Oh man, I knew I should have kicked this week after practice. <laughs> That's excellent. You know, and and if he's injured, the opposing coach can pick whatever player he wants to kick it. That's a good point. Oh, I would love that. That's a great. That's, you know, that's, I would pick the team's long snapper. That's who I would pick. No matter what, I would pick the team's long snapper. That's outstanding. I like that rule a lot. Have you ever uh, sent a little email off to uh, Mr. Tagliabue, the commissioner of the National Football League? Yeah, I did, and uh, he sent me an email back. He said, Roger Goodell is a freaking <laughs> NFL commissioner, you moron. I was really embarrassed, Coach, when I sent that email. Sorry about that. I realized in midstream that Tagliabue is no longer the commissioner. I that's... hate when I realize stuff midstream. Yes. Are you able to stop midstream, or you just keep going usually? Yeah, I, I did once, but I got a bladder infection. Really? Yeah. So it's not healthy to stop midstream? It definitely is not, Coach. I like to do it once in a while just as a test of willpower and to check my stomach muscles. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's kind of a, a pride thing, if you will. But you're saying it's not a healthy thing to do. No, it definitely is not. Interesting. So. Interesting. But sometimes you have to do it without getting too graphic here. Like in the doctor's office, they give you the cup. I don't know about you, Joel, but that cup hath runneth over if you don't. Yeah, um, I've told them that. I've told those people that. I'm like, hey, listen, either get me a towel or a bigger cup. <laughs> and which one do they go with? I'm afraid to ask. Yeah, they, they just like shrug their shoulders. So I'm like, all right, whatever. So you're the one that's going to deal with the spillage, not me. Didn't you tell me on our radio show one time that you had to take, I forget the circumstances, but you had to take a urine sample with a nurse in the room at the same time? Yes, it was for Verizon Wireless. Huh? For Verizon Wireless. You have to take a drug test. What does that have to, for Verizon Wireless? Uh, Coach, don't, I don't explain, don't explain why they made me take a drug test. They make everybody take a drug test. Well, that's fine, but get to the point. Why was the nurse in the room with you? To make sure that I wasn't spiking it or something, I'm not exactly sure what, what, or maybe she was interested. They couldn't have found a male nurse? I'm with you, Coach. She didn't look. All right. Just checking. Actually, it's for the state of Illinois. Just checking. Not that I remember right. See, I, I, pay, I pay attention to the stories you told in the past. You always say I never listen to you. Stories. That was, the, that was actually for the state of Illinois, if I remember correctly, Coach. Yeah. I was 18 and I had done some things wrong. Okay. That's what I made to say. Uh, email from Cinemax Cindy, one of your favorite fans. She wants to know, ask Joel if he, in fact, passed the test. Oh, I did. Yeah, passed with flying colors. It was positive. Okay. All right. I still think I, that 32-team bracket of tournament, there's something about that that fascinates me. Yes, well, David. Hold on, hold on real quick, Joel. A uh, question and a statement about this whole idea. Now, would this whole tournament be played at the All-Star site? There you go. That's a good point. Uh, no, you couldn't do that. Mm -hmm. Now, maybe the final final four, final eight. Mm -hmm. I'll give you the main reason why. I mean, I'm not saying it's a bad idea, but okay. the main reason why this will never happen, uh, the Major League uh, Players Association. Yep, who, who get? Who, how do you get uh, compensate these players for doing this? Uh, it's, I'm sorry. That's, I mean, that's... That's the stone wall right there. $4.5 a year. We have to compensate them for a yep. few extra games. Yep. 
Go Union. <laughs> Joel, you can't. David's putting money. You can't put a price on the honor of winning the Bud Selig Bracket and Tournament Championship. I agree. I don't think there could be a price on that. I, I, you know what? The problem is the logistics. You have to have 16 games the first day. You know what I mean? What you, and then you would have to have eight games the second day. So what's so, so hard about that? The same spot. There's 16 games uh, four out of seven days of the week. What's so hard about that? Okay, Coach. You have 16 games the first day. Yeah. So that means everybody. That means 16 teams would have to travel the second day. Okay. No, eight teams. Yes, eight, eight teams. 16. Okay, then then, but you would do. You would need eight games the second day. Okay, so people are going to be traveling the whole time. It's it's it, the logistics just wouldn't work in the middle of the season. People would be up in arms over it. All right, there are some people that look at great ideas and find obstacles. What did John F. Kennedy say there? Some people that ask why, ask not why, but say why not. It's not quite the quote, but you get the gist of what I'm talking about. Well, I, I you could look at the obstacles yeah. or you can see your way through. I have a vision, big dog, and uh, I will be sending a note immediately after the show to Commissioner Bowie Cohn. Well, uh, why don't you try uh, <laughs> Tennessee Mountain Landis, Coach? You might have a better chance with him. I probably will. I figure the current commissioner is not going to listen to me. I'll find one that died, and maybe a, maybe a descendant will take some liking to me. You never know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dawg, we got to ramp up the show. Your final thoughts, my friend. Uh, go Blackhawks. Congratulations. Get it done against Vancouver. And uh, even though I, I, there's slim chances they're going to be rooting on the Bulls tonight, Coach, hopefully they can get it done, stretch it to game number six. All right. I'm a big fan of slim chances, by the way. One of my favorite guys. Dog, thank you so much. We'll talk to you later. Uh, TalkZone.com, two guys at a mic. We'll do it again tomorrow at 10 o'clock. David Olson, our producer, thanks for putting up with us, bud. Great job. Back tomorrow.